Today, on episode one of Community Chat, we're chatting about four. The church is far too often known for what we're against rather than what we're for. But we want to change that. We want people to know that we are for them, and especially, we want people to know that God is for them. So, whether you're in the McKinney area or just interested in conversations about spiritual things, we invite you to join us today on Community Chat. Hey, I'm Kevin Rowe, and I'm the Senior Pastor at Community North Baptist Church in McKinney. Welcome to the first episode of Community Chat. Right off the bat, I want to answer the question, why would you want to listen to this podcast? In other words, who is this podcast for? We have three main target audiences. First, members and those who attend Community North Baptist Church. We're going to talk about topics that we're discussing in sermons or Bible study groups, as well as various ministries that our church or our people support. Second, those who may want to know more about Community North and what we believe. This podcast is a great way to get a feel for who we are, what our heartbeat is as a church. And then those who are interested in discussions on spiritual issues. Fortunately, I'm blessed to have some great friends who have a lot to add on these discussions, and I'm excited about chatting with them about these various topics. Now, I want to give a disclaimer right off um, that I'm looking forward to bringing some voices into these conversations and hearing some perspectives that I may not completely agree with, and even in some cases that I may not agree with much at all. So please don't assume that just because someone says it on here that I condone it or that it's automatically the position of Community North. We often grow the most when our perspectives are pushed and challenged, and I'm far more confident in my beliefs that have been tested than those that haven't. But I also want to be a voice as a Christian and as a pastor that helps people know what the church, not just our church, is for. In reality, to let people know what God is for and who God is for. Because in the words of Jeff Henderson, or whomever may have come up with it first, the church is far too often known for what we're against rather than what we are for. And it's time to change that. So if you've made it this far and you're still interested in being a part of this conversation, let's dive in. This past Sunday, our church started a four-week series called Four. And the jumping off point for the whole series is a derivative of that last quote. Many people are more familiar with what the church is against rather than what the church is for. And people think church isn't for them because the church isn't for them. We looked at Acts 15, and I want to give a quick overview, including two key verses. There was a disagreement about whether Gentiles, people who aren't a part of the Jewish faith, who are beginning to follow Jesus should also have to follow Jewish customs, including circumcision. Now, this is one issue when we're talking about infants, but it takes on a whole different dimension when you're talking about adults. So Paul and Barnabas travel to Jerusalem to discuss with the apostles and elders there. Um, And Peter gets up and speaks in the meeting and talks about how he's been sent to the Gentiles um, and how God has accepted them. And in verse 10, Peter says this, He says, now then, why do you try to test God by putting on the necks of the Gentiles a yoke that neither we nor our ancestors have been able to bear? Well, when we think of the word yoke, we think probably of oxen. He put a yoke on them to have a couple of oxen work together as they're plowing, um, and it helps them to do that. Well, in the Jewish faith, the word yoke or the word for yoke also takes on the meaning of the teachings of a rabbi. Um, and so the rabbi would have his interpretations on on various issues and matters, and he would have um, ways of interpreting things. And so 
when you took on the yoke of one of the, the rabbis, you meant that you took on their teaching, you were embracing it, you were going to follow the way of the rabbi. And Peter's looking at them saying, you know what? We haven't been able to keep all of the all of the traditions, all of the laws, all of the commandments ourselves. And we grew up in this. And our ancestors haven't been able to do this. Why in the world would we expect that the Gentiles would be able to? And then we move forward a couple verses and we get to meet James. And James here is likely the brother of Jesus. But even if he's not, he's a key leader in the church in Jerusalem. And in verse 19, he says this. He says, it is my judgment, therefore, that we should not make it difficult for the Gentiles who are turning to God. And I just love that verse, and, uh, that we shouldn't put things in people's way. We shouldn't make it difficult. If someone is actually in the process of turning their heart towards God, we should do everything possible to encourage them in that rather than discourage them or put stumbling blocks in their way. The reality is this. The gospel itself is offensive. Think about it. The gospel says you're not good enough on your own. You can't make it on your own. You can't deserve somehow or earn somehow a relationship with God, um, the ability to go to heaven, uh, the ability to, to live in that right relationship with God, any of that, that we can't do that on our own. That's kind of offensive when we think about it, or it's very offensive. But I would say that we need to make sure that we're not offending people with anything other than the gospel, that we're not unnecessarily stopping them from coming to God. I mean, so you look at Romans 3.23, verse we've heard many, many times, many of us have. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That goes to just what I was saying a minute ago, that the gospel itself says none of us can make it on our own. But we usually look at that verse and we say, okay, well, there's, you know, for all of us sin and fall short of the glory of God, period. But the reality is there's a comma there, and it continues on into verse 24. And it says, and all are justified freely by his grace through redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So rather than we've failed, there's, it, we're, it's hopeless, there's nothing we can do, we see God's justification through what Jesus Christ has done. Romans 6.23, another one of the verses we jump to very regularly, for the wages of sin is death, comma, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And then in Romans 5, starting in verse 6, Paul puts it this way. He says, you see, at just the right time when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, while we were dead in our sin, while we had nothing to offer, would never have anything to offer, Christ died for us. And that gives us hope. So the reality is that God is for us and not just for us, but for the whole world. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. He didn't just love the good people or Republicans or Democrats or Americans or a particular race or ethnicity. God loved the world. And here's a key concept I want us to get. 
when God blesses someone, he doesn't just do it for them. He blesses someone and wants others to be blessed through them. And that's a big deal for the church. God is for us, but he's not just for us. And he doesn't just bless us for us. He's for our families, for our friends, for our neighbors, for our coworkers, for people we like, for people we don't like, for people we love, and people we hate or that may hate us. As a local church at Community North, we want to be for McKinney, which is our hometown. We want to be for the neighborhoods around us. We want to be for Collin College, including the campus that's right across the street from us. We want to be for our local schools. We want to be for our local businesses. We want to be for adults, for students, for children. I love that on Wednesdays, we have a, a group of officers that meet here, that they have a Bible study that they're able to do, and they just are able to use our building for that. I love that on Thursdays, there's a community Bible study where many, many women gather together uh, to be able to study the Bible together. Um, I love the different things that we do to reach out into our community, to serve our community, uh, for again, for food pantries that we serve, for um, the schools that we support, all of those things. And if you're listening from outside our area, I hope that you'll find that hopefully there are many churches in your area to do this, but that there are at least some churches in your area who are truly for your community, for your local schools, for your businesses, for your the, for the people of your town. Here's the thing. Christians have started schools, hospitals, orphanages. Um, one of the ways that, that really helped Christianity spread was in the early days of the church, a disease would come and it would strike a community really hard and people would take off and they would flee for their lives. But Christians would rush in to care for the sick and the dying without fear for their own lives. That's what it's about when we realize that God is for the people of our community, it makes it a lot easier for us to be for the people of our community. So hopefully your experience with the church has been positive. Hopefully you've had um, wonderful experiences. You've been blessed. Um, if you're a part of a community, that it's a meaningful part of, of your life as a whole and certainly of your spiritual walk. But if you're not a part, hopefully you will start to see some churches that are that are really being about the communities that they're in. I had the opportunity back in 2011 to be a part of something that was really cool. Um, it was a dialogue that was put together by First Baptist Bedford, where Marty Akins was the pastor at the time. And this dialogue was with Christians and atheists. Um, a cool backstory of how it came together. Maybe we'll go into that sometime. Um, but um, there's an atheist group in the Metroplex in Dallas-Fort Worth that had some people they invited to come, and Marty invited some Christians to, to come and be a part as well. He was probably pretty selective at who he brought in, um, considering what was going to happen there. Um, and basically, we sat around tables and just had discussions and conversations about our experiences in life and, and where we were at. And I, I've got a feeling that a lot of the atheists came in expecting uh, confrontation, um, that they were going to be ready to try and argue with us about why we shouldn't believe um, in God and expecting us to argue with them on why they obviously should believe in God and all of that. But what happened more often than not is is Christians that were there would would basically ask the atheists and, uh, hey, tell me, tell me your story. 
just tell me your experience. How did, how did you get to where you're at? And so often it wasn't, well, I've never believed in God. It wasn't, um, well, it's all just an intellectual thing for me. Instead, it was, you know what? I grew up going to church or our family went to church and I had a bad experience or, yeah, my, my, my parents went to church, but then when they got home, they didn't act any different. And so basically some experience that they had had with the church or someone who claimed to follow God had turned them off from the thought of going to church and turned them off from the thought of following God. And you know what? That's that's the story that I hear over and over and over again from those who who don't have a relationship with God or, again, that so often that someone that's gone to church, it's not that they've never experienced church, never heard about God, but instead that that their experience was just so bad that it turned them off. And I want to change that. I want if someone comes encounter with me or if someone comes encounter with someone at Community North here in McKinney or someone comes encounter with um, anyone that claims the name of Christ, my, I want their experience to be a positive one. I want it to be one where they feel loved. I feel want it to be an experience where they feel valued, that they feel cared for, that that they may say, you know what, I don't really know about this God thing. I, I'm, maybe I'm still trying to figure it out or I've got lots of questions about it or whatever it may be along that line. But you know what? These people who claim to follow Christ, there's something about them. They're different. They, again, they care, they love, they value, they speak well of people, they encourage. Like, I, I just love being around them. Can you imagine a, an employee saying, man, I, I just love that I get to work for a Christian because the way that they treat me as an employee, it, it's just so good and affirming and encouraging and and supportive. And, and they're always doing what they say they're going to do for me. Or imagine an employer saying, you know what? I really love when I have Christians that work for me because they always do what they say what they're going to do. They follow through. They've got a great attitude. Um, whatever I need, that you know, they're willing to jump in and do it. And and again, they're just it's just great being around them. Or or imagine a parent saying, you know what? If if my kid came home and they told me they were going to marry a Christian, you know, again, I, I I don't know about all that God stuff, but I would be excited because I know that they're going to be treated well. And 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 again valued as a person and 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 all of those things. And like, I want that to be the experience that people have when they come encounter with someone who claims to follow Christ. And that's what I want their experience to be when they come encounter with our church. When they, if they were to experience our church or the people of our church, that again, they may not have all the answers, but they would leave with a more positive feeling towards God and who God is and that they would leave with a feeling that God is for them. And the reason they'd feel that is because they felt like we were for them. And if we can get that, I think that's going to make a lot of difference. Thanks for listening to the Community Chat Podcast today. You can subscribe to this podcast on your app of choice, or you can visit us at communitynorthbc.org to find out more information about this podcast or our church. Thanks for listening.